Welcome to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen, therapist, clairvoyant, empath, and medium. Listen in as she takes a no-nonsense, deep dive into real human struggles and how to resolve them. Janice will share channeled information from her spirit guide team, as well as angels and archangels, to help you master your emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual destiny. And now, Janice R. Cohen. Hey, y'all. This is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist, here on the Intuitive Therapist Podcast. Hope y'all had a great week, and welcome back for another exciting episode of my podcast. Always so happy to be here with y'all, and hope that this week's episode enlightens you um, yet another time. Today, I want to talk about something that uh, was recently brought to my attention by, by a client that I did a reading for, and I asked her, because she's been listening to the podcast, and I asked her, what would you like to hear about? What What is really uh, a struggle that you have? And she said, Janice, I want you to talk about shame. And I was like, you know what, I've actually been, I've been meaning to do that, uh, because, uh, and I'll tell you why as I get into the content today. But working as a therapist for the past 27 years has really afforded me the opportunity to meet thousands of people and to be given the privilege of entering into their sacred world of their emotions and thoughts. And I really honestly feel that it's a privilege because clients come to me in raw emotional states. You know, they want change. They want relief from pain, as well as a sense of, uh, you know, achieving meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in their lives. And what I've found out from many of my clients, not all, but many, is that uh, feelings of shame block their ability to achieve the kinds of things that they want to achieve in their life. And I want to talk with you about how to release shame and stop feeling fundamentally flawed so that you can move forward in your life and have everything that you want. Recently, a client came to me who was struggling to find peace around not being able to find a long-term romantic partner. She couldn't understand why her life lacked in this one area. And granted, this is not just one uh, client that I have. I have many, many women who come in and, and they uh, really are in a lot of pain because all they want to do, they feel like that's the one piece that's missing that would help them move forward in their life. Uh, and she, this particular uh, client really, really was struggling, just a deep sadness uh, because she knew that every other aspect of her life was great, but how was it that this was the part of her life that was falling short? I've had a number of other clients who struggle with eating issues. You know, some of them are very overweight. Some of them have eating disorders, uh, you know, and throughout their lives, they've carried the heaviness of an early implanted belief that they weren't ever good enough because either how much they weighed, what they looked like, or that they tried to seek control because they believed that the life was out of control and that was the only way to feel like their control in their lives is through what they ate or what they didn't eat. I encounter a lot of clients who tell me, you know, look, they have painful pasts. And uh, a number of clients who have painful pasts, you know, as, uh, being part of families uh, who have addicts or abusers or parents who neglected them or who worked incredibly hard, you know, they work incredibly hard to overcompensate 
their sense of inadequacy by becoming, you know, workaholics and chasing after the almighty dollar. It's as if they can, if, if they achieve and achieve and achieve, they can somehow run away from that part of themselves that they feel ashamed about. I encounter a lot of clients who state that they're really challenged with feelings of inadequacy and that haunt them day after day after day. And it's a heavy burden to carry. And the effects and symptoms of shame can manifest in a number of ways. I would talk with my daddy a lot. Um, he came from really less than humble beginnings, poor as poor can be, uh, with an alcoholic father who used to uh, beat them up, beat the kids up, beat the mother up. And my father, um, without a doubt, vowed to make sure that he did not recreate that in his life. Thank God he uh, was unbelievably resilient outside of being a genius. He had a genius IQ. And somehow along the way, he found p people found him and guided him. And he ended up in a profession that he was just exceptional in, uh, a clinical psychologist, diplomate in psychology, uh, very, very uh, celebrated uh, doctor and professor. Um, and he created our world, which truly was, as we grew up, very, very sweet. Now, granted, my dad battled with his own demons, um, his own uh, dealing with, with anger that he worked on all the time because uh, he knew he didn't want to become like his father. Um, but he really became the anti-model of, of his father. And he made sure that he was going to provide for his children, that his children would never want for anything. And he did that. And so, you know, I, I, I read a quote from an article recently that said, but shame is like a wound that is never exposed and therefore never heals. And the author of that quote is Andreas Eschbach, or Eschbach, E-S-C-H-B-A-C-H. -H. And I'll tell you what, you know, you could be the most successful person and still carry that shame of your childhood. It doesn't go away. I, I've told the story uh, uh, in a number of episodes where Oprah interviewed Barbara Streisand. And both of these women, you want to talk about epic people. <laughs> these people are so, they're uber famous. Money coming out of every orifice with incredible talent having earned that money. And Oprah asked uh, Barbara Streisand, she says, um, do you still feel like a poor little girl? And Barbara Streisand said, yes. And Oprah said, well, me too. Because you don't ever get rid of that. You just try to redefine yourself based on those kinds of experiences. So I get this question asked a lot. How, how can I release shame? And how does somebody release shame when it's been their faithful companion for much of or all of their lives? When living with the discomfort of shame feels like that's just what life is going to be like for them. It's important to understand not only what shame feels like, for those of you who haven't felt it, but I'd be hard-pressed to meet one person that has not felt shame, uh, but really also to identify exactly what it is and how to differentiate it from uh, other emotions like pain and guilt. And I'm going to get into all that right now. 
Shame really can feel like this elusive thing that follows you everywhere. It's like you just can't shake it off. It's sticky, it's stubborn, and overwhelmingly committed to being with you. Shame is an entity in and of itself, and as far as I'm concerned, and it's as if you're in a, in a constant fear that somebody's going to find out about that deep, dark part of you that you want to hide, that all-encompassing feeling of inadequacy that you carry around, and then you're afraid that they're going to expose you to the world, humiliating you even further, validating everything that you th- thought about yourself as not being good enough. Shame is abusive. It's hurtful. It's powerful. And it can be debilitating. And on the flip side of that, it can be a great motivator. What differentiates shame from other feelings like guilt or embarrassment? The way I see it is that guilt is temporary because its focus is on behavior and behaviors can change once, there, once there's an awareness that the behavior isn't helpful to you or to somebody else, right? So again, guilt is temporary and all you need to do is do differently next time and you can relieve yourself from guilt. Shame, on the other hand, y'all, is more about how the person feels about who they are. It's a sense that the person is so deeply flawed that they can't escape feeling like a failure, like they're broken, and like they're damaged permanently. Shame causes suffering. Guilt can do that too for the moment, but it doesn't do to a person what shame does. Shame and suffering go together because of these three things. They have these three things in common. The first is that shame and suffering feels pervasive, meaning that it impacts everything in a person's life. Shame and suffering, number two, feels permanent, as if it cannot be resolved or eliminated, that it will never end. And three, shame and suffering feels personal, as if something Inherent, is inherently flawed about the person that has caused the feelings of shame. Is this making sense to y'all? For those of you who have, have felt shame, for those of you who feel shame, does this make sense? It just, it's in every part. You can't escape it. You can't run from it. And it's almost like you're like, well, shit, I guess that's, I deserve it. Guilt tells us that what we're doing isn't the right thing and that we can grow and learn from our, beha- our behavioral mistakes. Shame, on the other hand, focuses on the self. And it isn't about the fact that you did something bad, but it's that you are bad. It gives you the sense that you're never going to be good enough or measure up to anyone else. It tells you that you're defective and damaged goods. I often think about famous people in the public eye. They look at, like they have all their stuff together, but they have, mo- they have money, they have notoriety, and, and they're really attractive people. But I can tell you hands down that they struggle or have struggled with shame at some point or some points in their life too. And the challenge, think about this, the challenge with being famous is that you are super exposed Can you imagine, I mean, shit, we think about like going through a breakup or losing a job, you know, if one or two people know we're devastated. Think about being famous and going through that in public. Their pain is so super exposed, 
knowing, can you imagine feeling shame or feeling embarrassed or making a mistake and knowing that the whole world is aware of it? Whew. That is intense and daunting. One of my uh, fam favorite authors is Brene Brown. And Brene Brown talks about how shame needs three things to survive. Silence, secrecy, and judgment. Shame thrives on being quiet. It lurks in and around you and grows in strength every single time it convinces you that you're a terrible person, that you're unworthy of love, you're unworthy of good things, and that you're inadequate. Women are outstanding at body shaming, for example. I'm going to test a test that I've done that at different points in my life. I, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've had to course correct my thoughts to myself when I become critical about how I look. And let's not forget our society does a brilliant job of making sure that women who aren't a svelte size two with a toned body, perfect butt, great boobs, perfect hair, perfect makeup are not socially acceptable. It's actually really pretty horrible. Men body shame too. I want to be clear about that. It's not just women. Men have standards that are both socially imposed on them, but also, you know, their own sense of what they feel like they need to look like to appear pleasing to others. Who doesn't want to be desired by others? We all do. But if being desired by others is the only way that you think you can feel good about yourself and attempt to quiet your shame monster, then you are in for a rude awakening. Why? Because it never works. You cannot please everyone, nor can you do that all of the time. It's exhausting. I work with a lot of pleasers. And one of the things that we work on for sure is the conflict between the child state and the fear of uh, disappointing and being rejected and the adult state knowing that they need to get out of this habit and pattern of pleasing so that they can grow and step into their adulthood. So you can't ever seek anything outside of you that's going to fulfill you or take away any pain from you. That's your work. So how do you put a name to shame for yourself? How do you know that you feel shame in the first place? When we put a name of shame to feelings of inadequacy and self-loathing, and once we do that, then it can't possibly remain in power of us. It's like we've let the air out of shame's tires. And here's an interesting thing with shame. It can't exist when we give it an opposite reaction. Here's what I mean. We can't feel hate for ourselves when we love ourselves. We can't feel sad about ourselves or our life and happy at the same time. We can't feel nervous in our life when we feel calm. And we can't feel shame when we feel empathy for ourselves. It's absolutely impossible. So you want to eliminate shame? Cultivate empathy and compassion for yourself. Stop beating yourself up for who you've, been, who you've been labeled as being historically by yourself or anyone else. Stop letting your past haunt you. Stop kicking yourself for your mistakes, your poor choices, and your screw-ups. 
We've all had to screw up to get to a better place. And I'll tell you this, I spent many, many years as an angry woman in her 30s, beating myself up every day, feeling so embarrassed about the mistakes that I made and the fact that uh, my family let me know that I kept making them. <laughs> so it was very, very hard, even though I know they, they wanted to help me course correct. I developed a sense of shame, and that was my own choice to do that. And I tell you that it was a choice, even though I was kind of unconscious uh, about it. Um, I could tell you now that it's a choice. Let me share something with y'all. You don't have to keep giving shame the mic. You don't have to keep feeding the shame monster. Believe it or not, you can actually leave shame alone to fend for itself by actually choosing to love shame. Think of shame as a part of you that you have to love unconditionally to create a sense of safety and security and turn it around. Imagine that you were looking at a child of yours whom you loved beyond description and that child felt like you did. Would you beat it up with words? Would you spit on it, kick it, reject it, neglect it? Would you hate it? Would you hate that child? Absolutely not. That sounds abhorrent to you, doesn't it? You do whatever you could do to help that little delicious face feel good about himself or herself. And you'd redirect their attention to all of the good things about them. You'd never encourage them to suffer and hold on to the belief that they're permanently broken, would you? You would never encourage them to hate themselves. No way. You would never attack who that child is. You would build up that child and you would give it honest feedback when he or she makes mistakes, saying, I'll always love you. It's the behavior I don't like. That is the shift that takes us out of shame into guilt. And guilt can be corrected. So how do you do this for yourself? So when you feel shame, you need to identify the thoughts uh, that you have that trigger the feelings of shame. Thoughts like, I'm a failure, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm dumb. And then you got to reframe the belief. So it might sound something like this. Wait a minute, that's shame talking. Listen, shame, I am not an embarrassment. I just did an embarrassing thing, so get off my back and be quiet. Or there goes shame again, trying to convince me that I'm permanently screwed up and I can't change my life. Listen, shame, I am not screwed up. I just had poor judgment then, and I can and will do differently next time. I ask that you really think of shame as, you know, or, or any aspect of yourself, any emotion that you have. I ask that you literally pull it out of your body. You could see it. For, it could be the shape of a person. It could be the shape of anything. It could be a blob. I don't care. Pull it out of your body and deal with it as if it is an actual person. That is part of, uh, you know, the uh, depersonalization of the feelings that you have. You take them outside of your body. You see them in front of you and you talk to it. You don't necessarily have to hate it, but you do need to stand up to those feelings that take you hostage. And I teach that strategy to many of my clients. So next, you need to recognize when you give shame power, like what are the particular triggers that induce shameful thoughts? So first we have identified the thoughts, 
But then we got to think about, okay, well, let's go even a step back further. What's my trigger? So are you aware that you feel shame after having binged on food, alcohol, or sex? Is it when you're with a particular family member who constantly puts you down or reminds you of how inadequate you are and you start to believe it again, whether they do that uh, directly or through passive-aggressive means? So is it, is it when you're trying to better your life and your lovely critical voice begins to tell you you shouldn't even try because you know you're going to fail? What is the internal dialogue that you speak that reinforces shame's power over you? This is the key. You gotta, you gotta be so tuned into how you think, otherwise shame will just feel automatic to you. Become mindful of that and become a conscious corrector of how you speak to yourself about yourself and your life. Trust me, shame cannot survive if you do not give it the nourishment of your time, energy, and attention. It is so important to begin to do things that reinforce the positive aspects of you and to hold on to those positive feelings that come from doing those positive things. We all have memories from our past experiences that make us feel crappy. I'm constantly telling my story of how I was excruciatingly bullied in seventh grade. And from that experience, I was terrified for many years. I was traumatized that if I, if I spoke a word to somebody about somebody else, that I would be that vulnerable kid again and, uh, and be humiliated and ostracized and emotionally tortured. So I always kept my mouth shut. Trust me, it was a lesson learned. And to this day, I keep my mouth shut. And for many years, like I said, I felt inadequate. I felt insecure because of what I was told about myself from all my peers at that age, that I was a failure, that you know I was really uh, the actual scapegoat of the seventh grade class. And that is a heavy burden to bear. But it wasn't until I actually actively fought my shame, face-to-face, toe-to-toe, and I defied it with different behaviors and different beliefs about myself that I was able to finally shake it from my muscle memory. I learned how to turn a negative self-label into a positive one and release the shame that was associated with my past. Make sure that you surround yourself with positive people and positive experiences. And if you look in your life and you go, I don't have anybody in my life. Find groups of people who like the kinds of things that you do and spend time with them. doesn't have to cost you any money. If you don't make efforts to change your social environment, you're going to encounter people who reflect what you feel inside, and they'll treat you in the way that you energetically ask them to treat you. Feel shame? People are going to shame you, or you will interpret their behavior towards you as shaming. You will unconsciously seek out life teachers to help you shore up what isn't shored up inside of you. So once you begin to shed your shame skin, you'll draw to you different types of people, the positive ones. Shame is devious and deadly to our psyches. Shame needs to be stopped or at least put on the very back burner of your life. It cannot get in the way anymore of you doing what you need to do to move forward. Feelings of shame can be a reference for you, a reference that reminds you to immediately change how you relate to yourself and how you talk to yourself. That's the bottom line. Every emotion we have isn't 
It's not, we're not just here just to feel freaking emotions. We got to use them. Shame is like a beacon. You know, you feel it and the more and more you feel it, it is signaling you to change something in your life, whether it's a behavior, a choice, a decision, a thought. Shame lives because you let it live inside you. The same way that happiness and confidence and peace can, you must choose what emotions and parts of you that you want to nourish. Choose to nourish what makes you feel good, confident, and enough. Anything negative that you choose to feed is a waste of time. And we all know that you can't wish for a better past, nor can you change your past. So let it either motivate you to be a better version of yourself, or just let it go and make room for something better in your life. I hope this is helpful to you. I hope if you felt shame that this has somehow allowed you to figure out how to liberate yourself from it. If you have experienced something that shifted within you, felt like this was good for you to hear, please hop over to iTunes, rate and review, write a quick review of my podcast. Um, I would love that just to hear your feedback. If you want a reading around anything, if you need some energy clearing, reach out 404-558-3971 or email me at Janice at JaniceRCohen.com. I wish you a blessed day, a wonderful week, and always live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes. <laughs>